here's Johnny. I'll be back. And you will know my name is the Lord. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That's what this episode's about. Just Satan in general. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, everyone. <laughs> that's that's not our actual open. That's Thank we're not opening God. with that. Not that I don't mind. I, I thought I mind our fucking tagline being Satan, comma, in general. You know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> All right, are we, are we ready to start this yes, thing for real? I'm trying not to feed into this more. Okay. All right. I'm going to, we're doing this for real. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Box Office Pulp, your one-stop podcast for movies, Madness Moxie, and tonight, sweet, sweet kaiju Donnie Brooks. I'm your host, Cody. Joining me tonight is the Godzilla to my Mothra, the Rodan to my Ghadira, the Mechanic Kong to my... Yeah, what the fuck was in that one? Element X? To my Element X, maybe. Kind of lost the thread there. Anyways, joining me to discuss Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is my co-host Mike. Say hello, Mike. Rodan is a cuck. <laughs> Good night, everyone. And we just <laughs> shut the podcast down and move to Mexico. <laughs> that's, that's the end of the show. We, that's, we've been building up to say that. We just wanted everyone out there to know Rodan is indeed a cuck. That's our thesis. We just lost 90% of our viewers. This is horrible. Why, why have we done this? Listen, the joke was worth it when I came up with it in the shower earlier today. <laughs> I like that you were plotting this for several hours. <laughs> Just more ways to insult Rodan. He deserves it. Before we get into making fun of Rodan for the next three days, I uh, we're recording digitally, so it's until electricity runs out. That's when we stop. Uh, I have I have a story I need to tell you, Mike, about my movie going experience because it was a hell of a time. Oh boy! Oh boy! I'm normally a big fan of going to see movies in theaters a lot of people complain to me and they say oh it's not fun because you got people that are too loud or you got people that are weird smell and it's expensive breathe. smell they breathe people breathe they might breathe on you or near you or they take your air i i hear all of your complaints and it's it's one of those deals where it's like i don't care it's still fun i love seeing stuff in the theater this experience pushed me to my brink to start i saw this on a five dollar tuesday mistake one I've actually seen a lot of movies on $5 Tuesday. It's at an AMC. It's it's a nice theater. It's reserved seats. It's not that big a deal. We buy our seats uh, online, you know, a couple days in advance so we don't have to, like, fight people at the door. Works out pretty good. You know, normally the seats are full, but that's not a surprise and it's not bad. You want more people in the theater. But this time, it was unusual. I walked out of my car up to the theater, and at first I thought something had happened because there was just a group of about 20 people standing in front of the theater doors. Just, just standing there, and <laughs> they were smoking weed, which I don't have a problem with. But it's like this is a weird spot to be doing that. I've never seen this happen before. That's normally, like so people strange. hide. They normally hide around the corner of the building instead of just standing right out front, like toking. So that was weird. And they were hassling people as they were walking in, like kind of friendly ribbing, like, "Hey, man, you better not be seeing Godzilla because we got all them seats." Which I'm like, "No, this I is have not a good ticket. sign." It's, I'm like, I've got a ticket. It's okay. And they're like, "Ah, it's all right, man. Get on in." So I, I worm my way through the crowd of guys get inside, meet up with my buddy, go to the theater, you know, get our, our hot dogs, get our popcorn, whatever. We're, we're ready to watch this film. The theater's almost empty. Uh, our seats, just as a note, are directly in the middle, last row, underneath the projector. 
which is too much power to give me because the whole time I was thinking if I raised my hands, I could make like a new shadow Kaiju puppet appear on screen at any time. Like you can't put me there. It's too much responsibility. This is like if you're on an airplane, they ask if you're responsible enough to be the guy on the emergency exit. No, do not put me by the giant inflatable raft. I'll make a problem. Yes, I can like, fly this plane. The, the plane crashes. I'm either one going to be way too gung ho about pulling the levers and do it early, or I'm going to be <laughs> too scared to pull the lever at all and people will die. I'm not a good fit for this role either way. Someone fucking drops a tray full of chicken and you just pull the fucking cord. <laughs> we haven't even left the uh, ground, sir. You, you've destroyed our flight plan. Congratulations. <laughs> so, anyways, this, uh, yeah, that's, that's. What you got to imagine first. We're in a smaller theater because for some reason AMC thought Dark Phoenix was going to do much better than it did. So they gave them like the gigantic not IMAX screen. And I, I'm pretty sure like eight people showed up. But Godzilla was sold out. Like that theater was packed, but much tinier. At the time, I didn't know it though because it was just a handful of people in that theater when the movie started. And then, like, as the film is actually rolling, all of those 20 people that are outside the theater come walking in at the same time. So you've got like 20 people trying to find seats and pack this theater, sitting in recliners looking for seat numbers because they're all assigned seats, as the film is actually playing. Like, Mothra is starting to do her shit, and people are like, hey, where the hell is number 13? Oh, goody. I know, it's like, oh, what the fuck? <sighs> so that's going on, and eventually, you know, everyone gets settled, the movie goes on. It's like, okay, cool. Problem over, we're all happy people now. Sitting next to me is a mother and her small child. This kid gave zero fucks about Godzilla. Like, he, that kid could not keep still for anything at all. I just wanted to have him mainline Ridlin. He, he was just all bouncy. He didn't want to be in the theater. The mom was just yelling at him constantly to knock it off. Just generically like, hey, knock it off. Which did nothing. This did nothing to control the child. What was wrong with this kid that he didn't like Godzilla? Why, he should be glued to the screen. I, it gets worse. I, I particularly hate this child because he spent... I had my watch and I was underneath the projector, so I timed it. He spent two minutes, almost exactly to the second, stirring a cup full of ice. Like, that wasn't some bullshit. Just, just... Just churning ice like it was butter. Until the mom, like, reached over and kind of slapped him and said, knock it off. And then he, he put the cup down forever, which was a relief. I thought we were going to get more ice scraping for, like, the next five scenes. Oh, thank God. So I, I'm slowly losing my mind as this is happening. <laughs> Uh, during the end of the Mothra scene, uh, uh, one last family walks in. It's a mom, dad, and, and two very young kids. They're, they're kind of walking up and down the theater, like looking for seats, which is weird to me because I'm like, oh no, someone sat in their spot. I can, I can just tell from the way they're hunting. And I, I just, in the back of my head, I'm very anxious that they're going to come up to me and be like, hey man, you're in my seat. I'm going to have to like fish out my ticket and be like, no, count them. It's not me. I swear. <laughs> Like I just being held a fucking gunpoint. I'm in the middle of the theater, so I like in the middle of the row. So I don't know why I thought like that's probably where they booked these four people. Just you know, were right where I am specifically. Uh, They do come to my row though, and I'm like, oh shit, it's happening. My worst dream is happening. And then they walk all the way to the far right, like by the doors, and they get into an argument with the guy sitting there. (laughs) And it's just like my worst imagination. They're they're arguing back and forth. Like, hey man. Your crew is sitting in my seats, and the guy's like, no, nah, man, these are my seats. I know my seats. And they, they argue just loudly for several minutes before the family just gives up and they leave. The whole four of them just get up and walk out. As soon as they leave, the guys that are in the seats actually pull their tickets out and start saying, oh, shit, those guys were right. We're in his seats. And then they all get up and leave the theater. They, they, just all four of them got up and left. 
which is weird because they made the comment that, oh, we were in a seat. So did, did they have proper tickets and they just didn't want to go find those tickets? They weren't, they weren't tracking that guy down because they just left for 20 minutes and then came back and eventually found seats in the front row and sat down there and people yelled at them for blocking the screen. What the fuck? What, what blows my mind about this is they were willing to take out their tickets, see that they were wrong, and leave because they were wrong, but didn't do it during the argument. That's it. Like, it was a pride thing. Like, no, I know how to count seats. No, you didn't. So, so this gets better, though, because several minutes after those dudes left, the family walks back in with a manager. And the manager marches them up to the empty seats. And the dad at this point is like having a full-on movie breakdown. Like one of those things where he's like, I swear I'm not crazy. I swear there were people in those seats. There were no dead bodies. There were dead bodies in this room before. There was blood everywhere. Why don't you believe me? <laughs> and the theater manager is just like, fuck, man. I don't give a shit. There's no one here. I don't have to get into a fight with four people. I'm a young man. I can't control them. So they sit down. And then the guy jumps back up. Because apparently on the way out, the guys that were in the seats just poured their soda over the seats, either accidentally or to be dicks. I don't know. So then the theater manager had to leave and come back with towels to dry the seats off so this whole family could sit down. This is all happening, and the drama is too strong for me to not pay attention to. So Godzilla is probably like taking the world's long smoke break. I don't know what he's up to, but it's certainly not this theater. The weird thing was, even the theater manager was just talking in an outdoor voice. I, I felt like, what, what kind of... What funhouse dimension did I walk into where everyone treats a theater as a place to scream? Where the fuck were you? This was just an AMC in uh, Oakdale, Minnesota. It's never been this bad. I was so confused. So all that shit's going on. It all gets sorted. Everyone finally sits down. And I'm like, great. We can, we can all be a happy family now. We can watch the movie. Uh, Godzilla's already been on screen several times, but that's okay. I'm sure your kids will get into the film eventually, which they did. Before I get to that, though, just one other minor grievance I had. <laughs> At this point, I'm so hyper aware of what the audience is doing. I'm noticing when every single person gets and leaves the theater. And they're not doing it one by one like a normal person does. Like they're doing it in groups, like three or four of them go at the same time and just kind of wander the theater. I have no idea what's happening, but it's freaking me out. One guy and a buddy get up, walk to the emergency exit and just stand by it for a minute, kind of gently resting their hands on the door, having like this long conversation about if they can use that door or not. Even though it clearly says like, hey, I got fucking alarms on me. I'm for fires. Don't open this, please, for the love of God. And then eventually they realize, oh, I've got the wrong door. And they, they left through the normal door. I don't know if they ever came back. It was insane. I've never been to a movie where that's happened, where people just kind of get up and walk the theater like they're on a sightseeing tour. Like people got lost in there somehow. It's not that dark. So that's going on throughout the movie. Like people are just constantly getting up and <laughs> leaving and then coming back like, hey, did I miss anything? Oh, five monsters died. Cool. Whatever. Uh I guess it's $5 a night, so you can be like, fuck, it's just a night out. Who cares? $5. Popcorn is free. But, but let's get into those children I mentioned before. The, the very two oh, young ones. more. Okay. Yeah, the, the mom and dad who had to fight for their seats brought two young children with them. And these kids were young enough where like, they didn't want to sit in their own theater seat. And the dad had to like, almost literally juggle them to try and keep them happy because they wanted to like, sit on his lap or they wanted to just kind of sightsee the theater also like all the adults were for no discernible reason. So they're just moving around. He's like trying to keep the kids in tow the whole movie. But they're, they're actually kind of paying attention to the film. One of them really loves Mothra. Every time Mothra is on screen, they try and copy Mothra's call. So they're like doing that. Until Mothra gets fucking obliterated by Gadira. <laughs> the kid was in the middle of this horrifying like screech noise. And then it turned into tears. Like 
on a dime as Mothra just disintegrated. Good. Ah, I loved it. It made me so happy. And the dad's panicking like, oh, shit, how do I get this kid to not be traumatized by this monster movie I dragged into? Uh, they also got very emotional when Ken Watanabe died, which surprised me. I didn't know they were paying enough attention to realize like this was a sad moment, but the language of cinema is just so powerful. These kids were like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> I like I'm having kids. a bad time. All that shit's going on, and it's like, man, what a fucking mess. Things can't get worse. They can get worse, Mike. Let's return to this, the mother and son who are sitting next to me. The mom has in her hands what I think is a margarita. It looked like a plastic cup with salt around the rim. So I'm assuming it was a margarita. They do have a bar at this place, but I've never oh, okay. seen people actually walking into the theater with booze. I'll say, did she just bring that with her? I don't know, Mike. It's possible. Anything's possible in this nightmare. <laughs> she's... All I know is she's next to me. She smells kind of funky, and she has she's one of those people that reclines and then takes her shoes off because it feels like home. Ugh. And I am very against this. If you're the type of person listening who goes to theaters, airports, buses, and takes your shoes off in public, like socks, shoes, and just puts your nasty feet out, I hate you. You, you could be the Pope. I would still hate you. You could be, I don't know. Especially hate you if you're the Pope. Well, I don't like the Pope that much anyways. He seems all right enough, but I don't like his policies. Uh, this could be Obama, who seems like a generally nice dude. If he took his shoes off in public, and would be like, Mr. President, this is some bullshit. You, you have to stop. I I'd probably get thrown Obama's out by Secret feet Service. feet would smell good. Probably, but I, I'm just opposed to the principle in general. I think That's all feet should remain in shoes in public, unless you're at like a beach. What about sandals? Sandals, I mean, Slippery that's slow. like you get, by on a, you get by on a technicality. Like that's, eh, they're recovering. I don't like it, but you're trying. So this mom is there, like, just, you know, drinking away. She has her shoes off. At one point, I heard her, like, debating if she wanted to go out and get another drink and go to the bathroom and leave the kid behind, which I'm like, please don't make me this kid's adopted dad. I'm the closest person to, like, this kid, really. Wait, was she, she's debating out loud? She, she was, like, talking to the kid, like, hey, I'm going to get up. And he's like, don't go. And she's like, uh, do you want to come with? And he's like, no. And then she, she eventually gave up, which was great because I really didn't want her to go and that kid to freak out and me to be like, I – don't want to be the adult here i really don't i just i came to watch a giant lizard punch the shit out of a dragon i did not come to help a child <laughs> in any fashion if i had a nickel but then and this was the final nail in the coffin that just fucking blew my mind this kid who's been flipping out the whole time because he's not interested in godzilla in the slightest falls asleep for the last 20 minutes of the film and snores his way through it like he's just fucking <laughs> he's out He's out. This theater is shaking. Godzilla is literally eating Boston. And this kid's like, I'm, I'm a dead man. I don't care about your mortal concerns. <laughs> the mom wakes him up the second the credits start. She like jumps out of her seat like, I'm done with this shit. The movie's done. And the kid like has a fit on the spot because the mom is trying to wake him up. And he's like, I'm comfortable. And she's like, well, the movie's fucking done. You got to go. So she drags him out of the theater. And I'm like, thank God the nightmare's over. I get one scene of Godzilla. I get the credit scene of Godzilla without there being some sort of monster next to me snoring or rubbing their feet in my face. <laughs> and you walk outside, aliens have invaded, we've all been enslaved. I, I'd take it. They'd teach us some manners. I bet if aliens were our masters, we'd always have shoes. Probably, <laughs> probably sandals, I guess, because they're cheaper. Probably. I don't think the aliens are going to fucking spring for loafers. Mike, this is my version of the Twilight Zone. I walk out and everyone is now barefoot because the aliens have enslaved us and they don't want to pay for Reeboks. No! No! <laughs> if only it was a cookbook! There were socks enough at last! 
I think both of our jokes are pretty good there. I don't know if there's some way you can isolate those in the audio and play them one at a time, but viewers at home, you should listen to both our jokes and vote accordingly on a Facebook poll. I'll uh, I'll slide the timeline so everyone can vote. <laughs> Diverging timelines so both of our shitty Twilight Zone jokes can good. So that was that was my nightmare experience at the theater. It was it was rough. I had a good time. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, I, okay, I do have... <laughs> I hate you, Mike. I hate you. <laughs> I do have uh, two mild stories. Someone walked in my theater and he was just giving out $20 bills wrapped in popsicles. <laughs> but he was quiet about I got it. Blown. I didn't realize what was happening. So, like, in my pocket, there was just gold doubloons and a nice note. Just falling out. And I got a puppy. <laughs> and it's immortal. I got an immortal puppy. Oh, like it always stays a puppy? Like yes. it never grows into a dog? Question, that's, question. It's a dream. Immortal puppy. Can a mortal puppy be potty trained or is it like a, an immortal house wedding puppy? Do you have all the flaws that go along with the perks of having an immortal puppy? Uh, no, it, it, it's, it's still, um, you can still train it and still learn, but it remains a puppy. Okay, so this isn't like a vampire situation. This is a daywalker situation. You're getting the best of all worlds. Yes. This is a okay. daywalker situation in regards to the immortally puppy puppy I was given at a theater when I went to see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Man, your screening sounds a lot better than mine. It's pretty good. And I was sitting in the handicap seat, so it was all by itself. You fucking monster. But I did walk in and someone was in my seat. Ah, As I was approaching was... the seat, though, he turned and went, This you? Okay. Got up and then walked behind me, and I got to sit down immediately. Though, uh, he then also stood at the back of the theater for the rest of the film, like right weird. behind me, so it kept uh, fucking with my head. Yeah, that, that would have been bad. No bueno. What was weird, there, the, eventually there were empty seats. It's reserved seating, so right. but there were still empty seats. He still chose not to sit down. Fucked up. I, I was really hoping the story was going to be like he was in the handicap spot, and you forced him out, like, oh, it's my ticket, and the guy had and to made himself crawl. Away. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, and then <laughs> about halfway through the movie, yeah, um, someone just walked up and was standing next to me and was, uh, seemed to be looking around for a seat or something, um, and then turned and walked immediately into my legs as I was reclined back, but he apologized and left. What the fuck is going on with theaters these days? I don't, I don't, did, did, is, did we die and we're in cinema hell? Actually, I like the movie, so that theory doesn't hold up. You're in theater house hell. I guess, yeah. That's maybe that's like a weird in between. Like just as a heads up, like you're you're going to hell when you die. We just want you to know this is a the brief taste. I'm just glad you were in an AMC with a bar, so that way when they play the ad at the beginning of the movie in, that has the AMC bar in it, you're not in a theater that doesn't have that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I my my favorite theaters have bars in them. I can't go back to normal ones anymore. I, I go home. My parents are like, let's go see a movie. I'm like, if you call that a movie, let me get my flask. It's, it just doesn't work anymore. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Let's go see the Peanuts movie. I'm going to get fucked up. I got I to gotta get drunk to get those emotions. It doesn't connect with me otherwise. Mike, I'm dead inside. We know. We know. <laughs> Good. That was the entire show. We have no thoughts about Godzilla. Goodbye. And just play a trumpet. But for like 30 minutes so people feel they got their money's worth. Ken Watanabe died. That was very sad. Uh, pretty that, unexpected. That was very sad and super unexpected. Yeah. It was, it was a, like, he got the best character beats of the movie, so that was exciting. By like, and large. Go, good for Ken. We even got that weird callback to let them fight. I'm so glad they called that back. 
That's just that's the defining moment of 2014 Godzilla now. Just Ken Watanabe like telling the animals he wants to see them brawl. I hope every Godzilla movie now gets a call back to let them fight. I wish, yeah, that should just be his legacy. If the next movie opens with him having like a memorial statue that says that, I don't, it wouldn't make any goddamn sense. But I would Godzilla still brings it. flowers to it. <laughs> I, I would roll with that. That sounds fun. Gives a speech in front of it. Triumphantly fires off his atomic breath into the sky twenty times. <laughs> Your fifty thousand nuclear thermal candles in the wind. It's, I mean, as long as we're talking about Ken Watanabe, though, we should go through the cast list here because for a giant monster brawl movie, goddamn, they got some very good names in here. We've got Kyle Chandler, Vera Farminga. I'm just going to read through the Wikipedia list because they all deserve mention. Millie Bobby Brown, Bradley Whitford, Sally Hawkins, Charles Dance, Thomas Middleditch, Aisha Hines, O'Shea Jackson Jr., David Strathern. Straith Arn? Straith. Yeah, Straith. A I A I R N. There we go. Ken Watanabe, Zhang Zia. Uh, I said half of those names wrong, but still an amazing cast for a movie that's essentially just all prefixed for, uh, you know, just a, just a setup for monsters punching each other. It's nice. Yeah, I stayed away from a lot of trailers because I, I really wanted to experience as much of the movie for the first time on the big screen as possible. So as actors kept appearing, they were all <laughs> shocking to me. Right? Uh, that was probably the best choice. This is a weird situation for me marketing-wise. I saw the first trailer. It had the awe-inspiring classical music, the monster shots. Didn't really tell you a story. But that trailer hooked me. That was all I needed. Just It could have just said Godzilla 2. It's, it's going to be in theaters. You dummy, watch it. And that would have been enough. But those first trailers sold me. Then they started like showing a little too much with the trailers, and I got the impression in my mind I was seeing the full film before I even went into the theater, and was shocked to find out it didn't really even touch the third act at all. Yeah, I just I thought I saw the entire movie in the trailers, and it turns out I saw like none of the movie in the trailers. I saw the like first hour maybe. Yeah, I was, was terrified weird. I was going to get like all the glory shots spoiled for me, and no, almost none, maybe like two. Yeah, so I like I think the trailers did a good job not spoiling the movie, but they did too good a job of making it seem like they had, which I don't know if that drove people away from the film. It, it didn't do amazing at the box office. That's a bummer. But it, yeah, well, they're already locked into the next Godzilla movie, so they can't really pump the brakes at this point. Unfortunately, that kind of puts us in a uh, Justice League, Batman versus Superman situation. Yeah, they've already, I think, bumped King Kong versus Godzilla. So Yeah, they, I believe the latest thing is they said, oh, it's probably going to be the end of the year 2020. Which isn't that bad an idea, honestly. It's it's not that far away from where we are now. You know, it's June 2019. Having a year and a half between movies isn't a terrible idea. Yeah, more distance would be good. And gr granted, I think all the distance between Godzilla and King of the Monsters probably didn't help either. Like, that was too much distance, and a little bit more for Kong would probably be good. Studios gotta hit that sweet spot. If you do something like Star Trek, where there's four or five years in between movies, I, I think your fan base falls off. If you do it like every six months, your fan base is probably going to fall off. Unless you're a Marvel movie, then you can get away with it. But everything else, you got to hit it pretty regularly, like maybe one, two years after. Even right, a so year is probably too much. Um, this this does make me curious what they're going to do with King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, like, I'm after very this curious movie, about that now. Isn't that a bit of a step down? Like we saw Godzilla fight King Ghidorah, like in my mind, the big bad of Godzilla world. And now he's going to fight uh, King Kong? Yeah, it's how, so how they get to me? You that. had him fight Monster Satan and multiple other monsters, become king of the monsters, and now he's going to go fight King Kong. Yeah, and I mean, King Kong is already kind of shown to be a good guy in these movies, and so is Godzilla. So what, how are they going to set this up so they fight each other and 
can both come out as good guys. I'd almost rather see them team up. I feel like that'll happen. In my mind, the way this is going to play out is Charles Dance is going to come back with, like, fucking Mecha Ghadira, and they're just going to have to team up to, to punch giant Lucifer Dragon. I mean, I'm I pretty know how that. else. They, I have no idea how else they're going to make this movie viable. In this one, there was, like, 17 kaiju wandering around the Earth. How do you upstage that? One monkey can't do the trick, Mike. <laughs> Honestly, I'm almost disappointed it's King Kong versus Godzilla. As much as I am looking forward to that concept... I really feel like the logical next step is Mecha Godzilla. It does seem that way, doesn't it? This, it feels this like the plot wants that as the next movie. Yeah, this movie really got into some weird stuff, so it feels like it's leaning into kind of hardcore Godzilla mythology. This movie like, like leans super hard into Godzilla mythology in a way I never expected. Right? We got all the Mothra stuff that I was not prepared for. Uh, we got Godira. Uh, Godira. I'm just going to mix monster names up here. Ghidorah being an actual space alien. There there was unexpected shit in here, which I appreciate. I really like that uh, instead of... One of my big complaints about the 2014 Godzilla is how they kind of mainlined some of the... Mainstreamed, I guess would be a better term. Uh, some of the Godzilla stuff, like the Muto seemed fairly generic as far as monsters go, and it's a good way to have Godzilla fight another monster that's not one of the Toho rights ones. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel as cool as seeing him fight something like Rodan. Whereas yeah, this one yeah. does its best to go in the opposite direction, where they really want this to feel more unique and more traditional Godzilla-y. Which helps it stand out from just being, you know, a giant monster movie. Like, I liked yeah. the Mudos. They were cool monsters, but they felt like something you would just see from an American movie. Like, it didn't feel graphic enough like Godzilla. Like, Godzilla has, like, that comic booky stuff to it. I think the key to a good Godzilla monster is they have to be a little silly. Yeah. Like there, there's some sort of goofy design that's just approached in a very dead set straight manner. Like the idea of Ghadira having three heads that all kind of hate each other and two tails <laughs> is just a very silly design. But I love that. And it works great for that monster. Yeah, it brings so much of it to life. And Rodan's like lava wings. and They got so much personality out of these creatures. I'm, I'm amazed by that. I was really happy about uh, just seeing the monster. Like, they gave the monsters so much personality, and you get to see the monsters actually interact with each other or just interact with the environment. It's, um, like, when it comes to, like, Ghidorah's heads interacting and, like, sniping at one another and stuff, it's stuff you always expect, like, in your head Ghidorah does, but <laughs> he was never fucking capable of doing because it's a fucking shitty suit. The fact that there is now a dedicated stupid Ghidorah head is wonderful. I, I love that there's a doofy <laughs> Ghidorah head that's like licking up ash while the other ones are like, come on, we got shit to do. Uh, I, I love how uh, Rodan, you can tell, is just a little bitch because he bows to Godzilla in the end like, eh, no hard feelings, right, bud? Everything Ghidorah, cool? Rodan immediately bowing to anybody fucking destroyed me. <laughs> it would, and there's such a weird touch to just... Yeah, we're going to have very star monster to be a bitch for no reason. <laughs> Which is amazing. Somehow they made Rodan cool, a feat I didn't know was possible, while still retaining his roots as kind of a bitch. Yeah, that, that was honestly the best Rodan has ever fucking looked. Rodan got some cool moments, like the, uh, the plane chase where he takes out the entire squadron by himself. Oh yeah, he's throwing the planes around with his talons and shit. Yeah, and just like it being a jerk, like eating pilots who are ejecting from planes, purposely doing barrel rolls so he can blow up more pilots just for the fuck of it. <laughs> Rodan, what a jerk. 
he is an asshole until he had to fight Mothra and then he went down quickly. <laughs> but that was fun. And Mothra, the majesty. The queen just... of the monsters. Queen of the monsters. I just want to see a Mothra movie now. This, this movie made me really excited for a Mothra movie. I almost feel like the, it's like it, all the Mothra stuff was done half as maybe we can get a Mothra spinoff going. <laughs> like, Never Godzilla happened was... now, but I would be so fucking yeah. happy. Godzilla was fun and everything, but if I had to pick a monster I wanted to see kick everyone's ass, it was going to be Mothra. That Mothra was like, oh, look at this guy. The music is always just sweeping and grand whenever she's on screen. Uh, she's got sweet netting powers, sharp finger knives, a big old stinger. I don't know what her corpse dust does, but uh, uh, that was something. Yeah, I guess she healed Godzilla. Uh, so, like, when the, the Mothra dust sprinkles on Godzilla, his color changes a little bit from that blue to that red. So I don't know if that was, like, some sort of natural reactant to make Godzilla go into hyperdrive mode. I mean, he was already going nuclear anyway, so it's hard to say for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I was very excited we got burning Godzilla. That was neat. What a deep cut reference, too. <laughs> Who references Godzilla versus Destroya? Doherty, Doherty. that too. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy. Which, uh, oh, this is a shame, because the first Godzilla came out to like $90 million in 2014, which is pretty good. It had a steep drop-off, but did pretty good opening weekend. This one was like $50 million opening weekend, which is a shame, because this movie... I, I really, really, really enjoyed. I know people will say that it's dumb that the human characters fall flat. Don't care. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. That's all it wants uh, to be. Just it's having a fun time. And I don't even think it's as dumb as people complain about. Like, no, sure, I was confused. There's, there's plot contrivances, and there, there are some pieces that are a little head scratchy, like uh, just you know the, the animal expert they bring in Kyle Chandler's character just suddenly gets to control every situation because he's got a missing kid. That that rings a little weird, but yeah, you kind of roll with it because you want the movie to keep moving. Yeah, the movie's just moving, so yeah. I, everyone felt like they were exaggerating so much about how cheesy it was or how vapid all the characters were. Well, most of the characters were pretty solid. They're fun. They had banter, and human story was more interesting than any other human story I've honestly ever seen in a Godzilla movie. I I really like the idea that our protagonist fucking hates Godzilla for killing his family. Yeah, like that's a that's a neat angle. The fact that Kyle Chandler there is the whole time, just like, hey, Godzilla destroyed my son and and caused me to basically you know become a drunk and lose my family. I hate that guy. That's a fun dynamic to have. It's yeah. it's so different than anything we've gotten in other Godzilla films. So I I really dug that approach. Plus, like the only uh, character I felt like didn't work was just Charles Dance's character. Yeah, well, he didn't get much to do at all. He was in like three scenes and. I didn't really understand what his stake in Farmiga's well, motivation was. He bounces back and forth between seeming super ruthless and also a bit of a push pushover. Yeah. Like, I never got a good beat on what this guy actually would do in any situation. Uh, Sally Hawkins uh, kind of got screwed over. She, I didn't even know she died at first until, like, they had a screen I... saying she had been killed. Yeah, when it, when it cut to that screen, I realized she was the one who, sc who screamed and got crushed. I don't yeah. understand why she went out that way. It was it was a weird move, especially for a big name actress. Yeah. I, I don't quite get it. Was it a scheduling thing? It was just odd. And it's weird that we lost both of our uh, Godzilla twenty fourteen scientists. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the heel turn with Vera Farmiga. That was good. Like I, I wasn't expecting that at first. The clues are all there, but it's like, oh, oh, of course, that's what they're doing. I, I like that. It gave that another wrinkle in with all the human characters that make you know the drama engaging. 
It was a pretty fun villain plan, too. Yeah. And it played uh, into the whole theme the American Godzilla series seems to be going with. Yeah, so I was overall actually really happy with the human characters this time. Very much I, so. I felt engaged with them. They got some fun action beats, too, like when they're, you know, in the planes trying to not die from Ghidorah Rodan. It gets a little repetitive because it's basically the same action beats over and over, but yeah. they, they do mix it up with, like, the the wormhole discovery and explore, exploration. That was cool, and the, including bullshit Toho um, fucking Atlantis, rip-off <laughs> Atlantis. Um, yeah, honestly, I... Like I they I... it up in King Kong. I rewatched King uh, uh, Kong Skull of... <laughs> One more time. Kong, King of Skull Island, the other day, and they were also mentioning the Hollow Earth theory quite a bit in that one. I didn't realize they were trying to set that up so heavily. It's all connected. I didn't realize, um, fucking, what's his name? Miles Dyson was a character from Skull Island. Neither did I. Yeah, I, know, I looked it up and that's who he's supposed to be. Huh. Which explains why he just is recognizable actor appears for four lines. <laughs> and then the dramatic reveal of the twin. So it's all canon. So that was mostly fun. I, 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 yeah, I dug all that stuff. There were some pieces that didn't quite follow through, but oh well. Uh, it does get a little repetitive with the fact that you know Gadir is about to destroy something important, and then the last second Godzilla shows up. I think there's like three different moments in the movie where they do the exact same big beat of Godzilla appearing out of nowhere to stop Ghidorah. Yeah, there are some repetitive action beats. Yeah, that was that was kind of a shame. Uh, but whatever. I also would have liked it if uh, Godzilla interacted with some of the other monsters a little more. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that he mostly fought Ghidorah. Yeah, just because they tease like, oh, there's 17 other kaiju out there. And most of them really don't do really play into Yeah, they appear at the end, but it's really just a four-monster show. It's Godzilla, Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra, yeah. which is I, fine. Yeah, I didn't expect Godzilla to fight Ghidorah almost exclusively throughout the movie. Like, I thought that was yeah. just going to be, like, a final third-act battle, but no, he pretty much just, he fights him a couple times. Yeah, I thought, yeah, exactly. I thought there was going to be a thing where, like, he beats up Rodan for a bit, and then he moves on to a different monster, maybe, like, kills a Mudo or two just to, you know, show everybody he's boss. Yeah, don't get me wrong, the Ghidorah fights are fun as hell, and I like how they're all oh, filmed yeah. mostly differently. Yeah, so, plus the switches in environments are super fantastic for me having one set in antarctica is really cool having that one that's cool. exclusively in boston is really neat just bouncing through these different areas one that's pretty much in the sea all that was cool i, I like the different environments they gave us and like you said before having the fake atlantis was really fascinating i, I love that piece and it just introduces so much lore and stuff yeah it'd be fun to have like an old school prequel godzilla that's set back in like the dawn of mankind god that would be cool godzilla origin film you could do that, honestly, with this series. You couldn't, you know, you can't do that with yeah. uh, with Japanese Godzilla so much. But with what they've set up, this Godzilla and what his uh, his meaning is versus Toho Godzilla, you could like trace Godzilla back to an origin film and in caveman times. And that is a fascinating angle this Godzilla has on it. Hey, human beings are fucking everything up, but if we let monsters destroy the world, it'll be better. Which is kind of a head scratcher. You, you get this idea that the the movies have this opinion that they're pretty pessimistic on mankind. Like Very. man is, is just not great. There's a handful of good people, but mostly people are bad. Lots of pollution, garbage, and we need to be tamed by the monsters. Which is a little strange because in this movie we're supposed to cheer against the monsters while also cheering for different monsters. We want the world destroyed a little bit. 
Yeah, well, I think that's what was genius about keeping the alien origin for Ghidorah in. A, you turn Ghidorah into uh, Monster Satan, which is always good. <laughs> like, they really do play Ghidorah as just Lucifer, which is really fun. But uh, you also get to have Godzilla be nature, like be Gaia and Earth, and then have this aberration, like, fucking up the works. So I think you get to have, like, that balance where you get to cheer for Godzilla winning, even though monsters are being paced in the bad light, but it's, like, it's what Godzilla stands for, which is, like, natural order. And Ghidorah is corrupting that to just destroy everything and all life. Yeah, and they do lean into it as well. Every time, like, they cut back to San Francisco, they show that the whole city has essentially been grown over. It's It's like an oasis now. Uh, during the end credits, there's so many bits of world building just thrown at you. It's, it's so hard to much. keep track of it. But most of them are basically referencing things like, hey, Godzilla swam by the Great Barrier Reef, and now it's healthy again. Or everywhere he walks, there's just you know flowers blooming. So they give this idea that he's really just rejuvenating the entire planet, and he is the, you know, the guy we want to cheer for, like you said. Yeah, that was an interesting angle. I, I was glad they continued that from 2014. I, I was worried that nature aspect would kind of get lost and Godzilla would just be a monster. Um, because I, I... To me, the important thing about adapting Godzilla is... And they fucked this up with... I mean, they fucked everything up with the Emmerich movie. But Godzilla is more an analogy. Like, it's he's all meaning as a as a creature. And uh, when you kind of... <laughs> I don't believe you. Not one bit. Um, and I think if you strip that away... That's when we especially get into, like, some of the worst Godzilla movies, when he stops being anything. Even when he was a good guy, he still meant something. And then as that falls away, you know, eventually they would have to reboot. And But the first thing that uh, Japanese Godzilla always gets whenever he's rebooted, he gets a new meaning. <laughs> so uh, uh, and I can't it's... wait for the next American reboot where he's actually going to be a representation of juicing in sports. Like, Godzilla represents... <laughs> Godzilla, taking no. steroids in baseball. Cue that uh, comic book image of Godzilla playing basketball. Just Duncan. Um, and it's very, like, I'm fascinated by the nature, the pollution aspect, uh, the naturalization aspect of this Godzilla, because it's a very modern idea. And it's also very American without being very American. <laughs> in our version of Godzilla, it's okay. Feed him some nuclear bombs. It'll make him stronger. <laughs> In Japan, it's kind of like, oh, he's a walking nuclear bomb. The radiation is killing us. He's horrible. It is funny, the odd translation of what, a, what nuclear bombs mean to each of our countries. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. What, one thing I loved about this, uh, message aside, I love it in giant monster movies where they take the time to show you the aftermath of a monster attack. Yeah. Especially in the long term. That was one of my favorite parts about Pacific Rim, just the little bits of lore where you get to see, like, a... Uh, a city that's recovering around a keiju. Like they just build a church out of its bones and there's a cult that springs up to revere the monster. There's a black market that will sell you, you know, chunks of kaiju teeth or skin or whatever you need, blood. And there's cleanup efforts like an oil spill when their blood gets into the ocean. I love all those little world building details. It just makes things feel so rich and different than the environment, you know, normal life is. And with this Godzilla, we get parts of that, especially, goddamn, during those credits. As soon as this movie comes out on Blu-ray, I'm going to have to like freeze frame through all the different things they ran through in those little news blips during the credits. I'm trying to think. There's a lot of mentions of King Kong in there. There's mentions of Godzilla healing the world everywhere he goes. Uh, 
I think they mentioned some of the other monsters basically just like returned to their homelands, pieced out. Uh, they mentioned there's a new Mothra egg that was discovered. Yep. There's so much stuff hidden in there. It's amazing how casual King Kong is constantly name-dropped throughout the film. Yeah, apparently Skull Island is a well-known thing after the movie's done. They, yeah. they do mention briefly that Monarch's secrets have been uh, dispersed to the world, so apparently the government must have shut down Monarch or turned over their information. I don't know. It's, it's, it's too brief to gleam all the little details on how it works. Yeah, I mean, I'm but, still, I still don't know. Like, So did they release information on King Kong after the events of Godzilla 2014 or it was supposed during to be the events secret. of those films that people just know there was a giant fucking monkey somewhere. I, I, I am assuming people just found out. I don't know. That's the thing. We need like another Kong movie to explain that kind of shit. It's not yeah. important, but it'd be fun. I mean, I, I'm, I'm considering the amount of time that passed between both movies. I quite like the jump in world building they made where this is just a world yeah. that accepts that monsters exist. And then there's the Monarch and then there's the governments, you know, with their opinions and everyone's kind of recovering and everyone knows the names of the monsters and, I I appreciate that jump into immediate comic book. <laughs> and if you do want to be a stickler for the continuity, they only found Skull Island in Kong Skull Island because of a new radars, uh, not radar, new, new satellite imaging basically discovered the island. So you'd have to think over the last 50 years, we've probably gotten better at being able to peek at different new bits of map. That's true. And it would just be our government, you know, all the other ones would be on it. So it sure, uh, with the world they're presenting, it makes sense that King Kong would be a known thing to the rest of the world. I just like how they also know his name's King Kong. Like, the news calls him King Kong. <laughs> that, that part of the documentation got out. This showing the back of a m giant monkey traversing the landscape. John C. Riley got back to America, had a beer, a hot dog, and then immediately started screaming about Godzilla to everybody in the world. He's a good king. There's <laughs> some weird parts. Uh, not to diverge too far into King Kong, there's some weird parts of Skull Island that I'm wondering if they'll ever follow up. Uh, for one... John C. Riley, when he's introducing the inhabitants of Skull Island, mentions that some of the people on the island never, never age. Like he's been there for 30 years and they don't get older, which seems like something they could definitely play around with in Kong versus Godzilla. Like you just essentially have an immortal group of people stuck on the island who worship King Kong. What other weird stuff do you have on that island? Are we going to get more Skull Walkers? Because there's a lot of stuff they could play around with. We did get some like giant bat things from Skull Island. All right, let's, let's play a game. How many kaiju do we remember from the film? Uh, oh. There was the giant gorilla with the mastodon head. Is his name Leviathan? or No, not um, fucking... Oh, God, they actually put names out for him? They all have names. Oh, geez, that's, that's good, but I will never remember them. Yeah, some are pretty cool. Some are, I don't know, could be better. They're mostly all based on, like, mythology and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a horrible crab monster with a Cthulhu face. My favorite thing in the goddamn world. I'm obsessed with that monster. <laughs> I Giant wish this movie crab was so spider with a Cthulhu head. I, I would buy a toy of the Gorilla Mastodon in a heartbeat. That thing was so good. Uh, see, that's the difference. Like, they designed Godzilla monsters and not just monsters. The Mudos were just monsters. They were cool yeah. looking. I, I dig the designs, but it's like, you know, they're between like Godzilla and Clover. And the movie did stick with Mutos. We got a couple of those walking around, too. So uh, that was, that was kind of a nice bit of continuity. I mean, screw it. If you're sticking with those, you're sticking with them. There was a lot more continuity going on between Godzilla 2014 and Skull Island than I think anyone expected. Yeah. God. Okay, so what else did we get out of that? We got some bat monsters. We obviously got Mothra, Ghadira, 
King Mountain one. I don't remember what that was. It's kind of like spiky backed. Yeah. Oh, the one that came out of the ground in, uh, was it Colorado or Arizona? Yeah. We need more. God damn it. If don't only there was an internet with a, with a list that we could look up. Uh, fanboys would never assemble that. That'd be work. We don't. We don't I like do how work. I typed in kaiju in and immediately Godzilla, uh, kaiju in Godzilla King of the Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, internet. You are a blessing. You're being helpful for once. Um, okay. Your guide to the kaiju of Godzilla King of the Monsters. Thanks, Gizmodo. Thanks, buddy. Not that I like giving clicks to Gizmodo, but, you know. Also, we should we should really be calling them Titans, right? We should be, yeah. That is the official term they prefer. God, seeing an image of fucking Rodan next to classic Rodan is hilarious. He <laughs> just looks like, like, original Rodan looks like a bad fucking um, Power Rangers villain. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Okay, that's small. Yes, we know. Those are the easy ones. God damn it. Yes, King Ghidorah. Oh my god, they just literally named the obvious ones. Uh, see, I told you. Bad job, internet. See, fuck you, Gizmodo. This is why I don't like giving you clicks. <laughs> gotcha. Alright, godzilla.fandom.com slash wikia. That, that has to be it, right? Sure. Mike, I am going to put you on a leash here. If you can't find Godzilla Monsters by your third webpage, we're going to move on. I just want to find Godzilla monsters. Well, who doesn't? Who among us hasn't wasted their life looking for Titans? Monster Zero. That's just Gadira again. I know. I just wanted to say Monster Zero. He's called Monster Zero so much. <laughs> that was unusual. They didn't give him a proper like nickname until halfway through the movie or longer. But then they still say King Ghidorah dead seriously. They say all the names dead seriously. They call him Rodan. Okay. Monsters. Um, Jin Jinshin Mushi. Which one was that? I'm clicking on that now. I have no idea. You gotta, you gotta paint me a picture, Mike, with your words. You gotta, I got, I got oh, some pen just, paper. That's the, that's the movie. Oh, that's the third. Oh, that's cheating. Yeah. Let's give her a name. Um, okay. Behemoth. I believe that's the mammoth. Oh. Uh, that that was gonna be my guess. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Let me click. I have to click on it to get a picture. I think they mentioned there was one like sea monster at some point, but maybe that's my imagination. Yeah, I believe there was. Yeah, you see one called Leviathan on a computer screen. I think. Yeah, mammoth ground sloth. <laughs> Fair enough. That was way okay, more technical cool. than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, Let's okay. have like a Chinese movie because I did not glean that much detail. Uh, we have Skilia or Skilla. Skillex. It's it's Skillex. It's Skrillex. Just Skrillex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the squid, crab, Cthulhu, spider thing that I swear is going to fight Clover one day. <laughs> uh, Leviathan is yeah. That's the aquatic one that you just see like on a screen. Which I mean, come up with a better name than Leviathan. They gotta do a cabin in the woods kind of thing where they just like have a ten minute scene of just all the various kaiju. Just feed us all the kaiju. I don't. I don't want to have to like glimpse one out of the corner of my eye. I want it full on. Uh, Methuselah. That's the. That's the. I think the giant mountain. Uh, one that one that came out of the mountain. Uh, Methuselah is a yeah. That's the 
giant, like, armored one. You don't see much of Methuselah, though. Uh, the other one just appeared on a computer screen. Uh, Mokel Mbembe, Baphomet, Tiamat, Typhon, Abandon, Sargon, Bunyip, Sekmets. Frank. <laughs> Bob. Um, apparently, one of the ones that appear on the computer screen is Q, the Winged Serpent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, they, it does. It, 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 its official name is uh, Quetzal Kotal or whatever the fuck its name is, and I believe you do see it. And it is just Q. <laughs> That's nice. That's a fun Easter egg. It's pretty good. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> I take back some of the mean things I've said about you. So yeah, we got to the bottom of that. Mystery solved. Those were all the monsters we didn't get to see punched, which is very unfortunate. It's true. I mean. Some people complain this movie had too much monster punching. I would say not enough monster punching. I could always go for more. This is why we can't have nice things. There's not enough monster punching. There's too much monster punching. I was trying to sort out the kind of rival complaints in my mind. Because I, I saw some people saying, oh, it's boring. There's not enough monster action. And some people saying it's all monster action, which makes it boring. I, I don't know how both of those can be true. I think it just comes down to how the movie is paced. Yeah. Because the movie starts off... And we, we don't get a ton of Godzilla action. We have the Mothra scene. Uh, we have Ghidorah breaking loose. It takes a while for Godzilla to show up and do his stuff. So maybe that gives the impression that not enough is happening. And maybe to other people, anytime you see a giant monster, that's you know enough to count and that becomes overwhelming. I don't know how you could go to see a movie called Godzilla King of the Monsters and bring yourself to complain that there's too much monster. Yeah, like you're that, doing it wrong scary. at that point. Right. Like that's That's silly. Uh, especially in this one, though, because we do get so much of the human beings kind of plotting around the monsters. Yeah, I think so that's I, the big key, too, is when you're on the humans, it's about the monsters still. Yeah, and, and by the time we get to the end, it's, it really is like that giant brawl that just keeps going and going. The humans are just kind of running around the feet of the monsters while shit is happening. And I think that throws you off, because then if you're only focusing on the end of the movie, it feels like, oh, yeah, it's jam-packed, all monster action all the time. If you focus on the start of the movie, you're probably going to think, oh, where's Godzilla? Why There's a worm and some, some webs. What is this? This isn't the monster I demanded. I was honestly surprised how really technically little Godzilla was in the film. But not yeah, in a way that's detrimental to it in Jira any way. It's because it's not it bullshit. Like in, you know, I don't dislike the 2014. I actually quite like it, for the, it mm -hmm. despite its problems. But, you know, whenever you... you ha there's a difference between, like a good story built around why Godzilla's not in the movie that much, and then you just cut away for no reason, and then do a time yeah. jump past Godzilla. <laughs> I, I saw one complaint, this one sticks out of my mind, that it pointed out that there's a scene where a jeep is driving through a kaiju rising out of the ground, and we follow the jeep instead of the kaiju, and that was used to illustrate how the movie is bad, which is strange to me, because that was like a side monster as part of a quickie montage of monsters around the world. Yeah, that wasn't even like a... wasn't even a a sequence really right that's what throws me off a lot of people kind of hung on to that stuff and point out that oh they're they're pushing us away from the monsters and we just want to see the fights which i don't know like we got some pretty good fights in there i mean sure they weren't in broad daylight but broad daylight fights would be nice i mean i do think that's maybe kind of a valid complaint but they also i mean they had reasoning in regards to Ghidorah's storm Right. It wasn't so obscured you couldn't tell what was happening for 99% yeah. of the battle. I knew what was going on. And my theater is legendarily over dark. So <laughs> I still could see what was happening. 
also, Gadira's Storm is totally worth it for the scene where they are basically trying to do the jet assault to buy Godzilla <laughs> some time. And you just see, like, planes flying all around Washington, D.C. as Ghidorah's blowing them up and Rodan's flying around. There's just a lightning storm between them. That's amazing. That scene was fantastic. My jaw dropped in the theater watching that. All because we, like, that's, I will go without the sun for sequences like that. Everything with yeah, was... Ghidorah's hell storm was totally worth it. <laughs> exactly. If I couldn't tell what was happening, if the camera was shaking too much for me to see the giant monsters fighting, if it's too dark for me to tell that there is, you know, a 500-foot-tall monster, then I would complain. I don't have those issues here. Not at all. Like, I thought there was a very good combination of on-the-ground, almost found footage, um, handheld style footage of the monsters battling kind of from a human POV and just, you know, you get the geography, you get, you know, the camera nice and still just watching these monsters battle each other without losing the scale as well. And I think the combination of those two things is what helps the scale. Did you say scale twice? So I make a comment about Godzilla scales. I was setting you up a little bit. Yeah, I knew it. I'm not taking the bait. Instead, I can't believe we made this far without mentioning the fact that there was the Oxygen Destroyer. Oh, yeah. What a wrinkle. Uh, nice nice callback. Not the deepest cut, because, I mean, Godzilla fans are going to know about that one. Still fun. Uh, ties Still in fun, nicely yeah. with that whole mankind destroys nature kind of thing. Yeah, Let's get a, a little bit of continuity, because like, the general who launches it is also in uh, the 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, it was nice to see him pop up. Um, I had a big smile on my face when the fucking Oxygen Destroyer was mentioned as the oxygen destroyer <laughs> and they still did the fish floating up dead and all that that was mm. that was so good i was very happy and that even continues into the end of the film like the post credit scene they mention, oh we can't fish here anymore there's no fish left like apparently the oxygen destroyer fucked up the the ecology of the area so badly that the fish just can't live there anymore which again Nice amount of continuity and theme carried into what is just a sequel tease credit sequence. Yeah. A sequel we might not, probably won't ever get. Yeah, which is, yeah, that's what's so disappointing. Because I've, you don't see really attention to detail like that, where everything that happens in the world in the course of this monster battling film actually matters and carries through and affects the world around it. You don't see that out of just monster brawl movies very often. That's that, I know. That's why I'm so bummed out. We probably, maybe we'll, who knows? I, I kind of have a feeling we'll get King Kong versus Godzilla and then the franchise will end for a little bit to take the rights back. Yeah. But it would be very neat to see the fallout of these actions. A considerable portion of the world was destroyed in this movie, and they're not shying away from that like a lot of other films would. I kind of like the idea that the next film would have to work its way around all the destruction that happened in this film. Yeah, stuff doesn't seem to actually get fixed in this series, which is very... I appreciate that a lot. Especially in the age of every movie seems to have a giant city destroyed, and then we just kind of move on next scene. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. They repaired very quickly. Yeah, no one died. Just imagine, Mike, if they did another one, it could be like Godzilla 2000, where there's a Godzilla watch team that just drives around looking to report on Godzilla. <laughs> That's where you we bring have Matthew that. Broderick back in. Oh, that'd be a weird callback. <laughs> I could see them doing that, especially if Dorothy makes another one. I honestly wouldn't be mad if they brought Matthew Broderick back in a weird, small nod role. I'd be pretty for it, honestly. 
or Jean Reno. Oh, oh, oh my God. What if they gave us the French version of Let Them Fight? It is a damn shame Reno and Watanabe have never interacted in the film. Just imagine those guys saying the same lines. Like, they'd both be awesome and very different readings. Oh, they play brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. That's the version of twins I want to see. <laughs> that's, that's all the next movie is in the series. There's no Godzilla. It's just a flashback to that weird twins experience. And that's all I need. And they're on a beach. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm disappointed this movie didn't do better at the box office, but I still love it. I'm very excited for it to come to Blu-ray so I can watch it like 40 more times and get drunk and cheer on Godzilla to punch some goddamn flying lizards. Yeah! yeah that's, that's all I wanted. So thanks, Godzilla. <laughs> you always the king of my heart. Ding! Fucking, and let's face it, Godzilla hates the alt-right. I hope people take him on like Riddy and they just use him as a mascot to just fucking destroy ma- uh, fascism really this godzilla this american godzilla is very liberal i like Think the idea it. of claiming godzilla <laughs> sorry conservatives godzilla is on our side yeah and mothra well that's a given they wouldn't want a female monster on their side that's true that's true vote mothra it's too, too flamboyant for them don't vote Ghidorah. Oh, vice president rodan God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you just described politics as it currently sits in the United States. Now I'm saying I really did. It's fucked up. Oh, I'm God. getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. This is terrible. Oh, they, is a lobbyist. Oh, the last fights in Washington, D.C. It's all coming together. Oh, fuck. Uh, folks, don't don't think about politics in your Godzilla. It'll make you sad because everything is terrible. Uh, instead, just focus on the monsters destroying the world because that's cheerier. If you've enjoyed this review, question mark, of Godzilla... You can find much more box office pulp on Stitcher, iTunes, for the time being. Is iTunes dead yet? When I don't know when that's happening. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Just type box office pulp. Maybe throw an at before that if you're on Twitter. We'll, find, we'll be there. You'll find us. Uh, we have a lot of commentaries to offer. We have episodes like this. You name it. We'll do it. Please just give us $5. Anything's uh, the world's your oyster. But thank you so much for listening. Uh... Mike, let's get the hell out of here. Bring on magnificently rendered Gadzuki. No! I, I do not want Gadzuki. No one wants Gadzuki. Especially Godzilla. <laughs> Let them parent! And that just cuts to Godzilla and Mothra like, we don't want this. Let them abort. <laughs> I mean, Godzilla is on our side, so he has that choice and right. God bless America. And God bless Mothra. And like that, he's gone. What a weird ending that was. Our, our end credit stinger ended on a Mothra joke. It's it's deep, get it? Because Mothra's got a stinger. Ah! Sometimes I think you're right, Mike. This is a stupid show. Yeah, yeah. I'm deleting this. Good. <laughs> Just throw the whole thing out. <laughs> this is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show.